1: Welcome to the There It Is Podcast, a comedy podcast to help you find your inspiration. I'm your host, Jason Farr. Let's do this. Thanks so much for joining me here. Another pop talk episode. And we have the whole of the show gang here. And we are talking a few things. The main topic that we end with is things that are universally disliked, but you actually like it. You know, like we're talking to those, those people who think the Green Lantern movie was good, or think the Catwoman movie was good. Uh, those people. So that's the discussion we have, but we have that after we talk about HBO's winning time, and we start with the, a very serious discussion, really, involving people rushing the stage, like Dave Chappelle getting attacked on stage, and Chris Rock was recently attacked on stage, and then also just general security at big events. And it's interesting because when we were talking about this, we didn't realize that there was an incident at a basketball game with Chris Paul's family. So this stuff is happening. It's weird. It's strange. And we talk about it a little bit, but not with some of the news stories that have happened since we were recording this, because it's happening so frequently, we can't talk about it all. Isn't that sad? Well, we try to have a good, fun episode for you, despite that seriousness that we start with. Let's just get right to it. Here's my chat with the Of The Show gang. We're back with another pop talk, talking all that pop with the Of The Show gang. We've got girlfriend of the show, Justina. Woo! Brother of the show, Trey. woo woo <laughs> And best friend of the show, Rob.
2: <laughs> Woo! Woo!
1: <laughs> <laughs> that clip. <laughs> Dang. And we've got a few topics that we're gonna talk about today. We're gonna have a conversation about things we like but are generally disliked. The HBO show winning time about the LA Lakers showtime period. And we're gonna start by talking about something strange that happened. Just last week, uh, I'm sure you've heard about it. Dave Chappelle was rushed and tackled on stage at the Hollywood Bowl during Netflix's Comedy Festival. And it was apparently an historic event. It was a four day thing, and he had sold it out all four nights. And there are all these different comics there Jon Stewart was there, and Chris Rock was there, and a ton of different people had performed on the show and were in attendance. Jamie Foxx was there. I don't know if he was performing on the show, but I'm burying the lead here. Dave Chappelle, he's fine, but he was rushed and tackled on stage. He pivoted well, pivoted physically so that he didn't get hit real hard, but also pivoted the show because he continued on with it. He, He immediately was making jokes setting everyone at ease. He told the people who were dealing with the attacker to get him off the stage. He was 100% right. I have absolutely no idea why they were dealing with him while he was on the stage. Very stupid idea. Yeah. (laughs) He should have immediately been moved off. Every comic was probably like, why is that guy still on stage? And Chris Rock was there. He came out, (laughs) hugged Dave Chappelle and said, was that Will Smith? (laughs) Killed. Hilarious joke. And everyone was actually being kind of fun and funny in the moment, not freaking out. It was very interesting. And since then, some more details have come out. Dave Chappelle has said that he spoke to the person and the attacker's grandmother was forced out of her place in Brooklyn because of gentrification. And he wanted to do this to draw attention to that. Eerily reminiscent to things like that would be assassin, presidential assassin who tried to kill Ronald Reagan, and it was just to get attention, but for Jody Foster, not for something serious like his grandmother being put out of house. So that's the difference between a black man who wants to hurt someone and a white man who wants to hurt someone. All right. <laughs> I mean, he's not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but for real, Chappelle said he thinks the guy was clearly mentally ill. He and Chris Rock were at the Comedy Store in L.A. and were making jokes and comments about it. You can read all about it. We don't need to go through all the details of what they said, but this is a weird incident. Also, it was a week after someone somehow made their way to the stage to serve Olivia Wilde, who was presenting on stage at CinemaCon. Many are also saying that the assault on Chappelle was the obvious escalation from the Oscars slap. Do you buy that? Do you think we'll see more of this? I will start with you, Rob.
3: Yes and no. I kind of can see a correlation. I mean, I don't know necessarily, but I I do think that some of these people that are provocateur type of comedians, and, and Dave can be, and Dave doesn't mind pushing buttons and saying things, I could see people like that being targets, unfortunately. I, I think the positive could be that I think maybe people just start taking security a little more seriously for, for people yeah. in these situations. And obviously with the, the biggest, I mean, you know, the Oscars is one thing because what do you do when the biggest star in the world walks on stage? Like you don't know, you don't expect him to actually slap someone. So I don't really think security could have done any. I mean, and then obviously, obviously think about the optics too. If like security had tackled Will when he got on stage, you yeah. know, you know what I mean. You know, there's just no world where that that you know that doesn't happen. But I do think somebody getting on stage with Chappelle that's another story. That's that's pathetic when it comes to security. That I mean, that is just awful in this day and age. I, I just think that hopefully this won't happen again because people actually have quality people in security that will stop someone clearly running towards the stage. Yeah. Trey, what are your thoughts?
0: Pretty close to what Rob said. I'll quote a friend of mine first though, because he was talking back when the slap originally happened. My friend said that seeing that sort of thing normalizes this behavior on an individual yes. level. Yes. So I, I think in that regard, it had an effect, but, but I don't think there's a direct correlation. Like, oh, he slapped Will Smith. I'm going to slap somebody, you know, it didn't happen like that, but, but I do think it was normalized and, you know, whatever this guy was feeling and, and however he was connecting gentrification to tackling (laughs) Dave Chappelle, he probably thought it was okay now on some level, but because of the slap, but I don't think there's a direct correlation beyond Mm. that.
1: I agree with that. What do you think, Justina?
2: I feel like attention is, like, such a valuable commodity nowadays. Mm -hmm. And people need it in weird and different ways. Like, this guy trying to get attention for this cause, that environmentalist who set himself on fire. You know, I know we're not talking about that, but, like, Mm -hmm. people, their, their idea of how to get attention is so warped. And I just think it's so... So weird. And I don't really know what that means, but I do completely agree with Trey's friends. Quote, the more we see this stuff, the more normal it becomes. And I feel like the more it can happen because it's a normal, in quotation marks, thing to happen, Mm -hmm. which is a scary thing.
1: Yeah. The people who will do things to try to get attention, I think, will uh, take more from the Chappelle thing than anything. Yeah. Um, But here's the thing. These aren't isolated incidents. There's a Grizzlies game not too long, like in April. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. where somebody chained themselves to a goalpost and they were trying to do like an animal rights thing. And mm-hmm. then there was a, another game where somebody tried to run out on court. And this happened like last week or a couple weeks ago, I think. Someone tried to run out on court and security immediately tackled her. And they were another group that was like trying to raise awareness. Both were trying to raise awareness about animal rights or climate change or something like that and not only are these not isolated incidents to this year these are not isolated incidents in history because you mentioned the guy who uh, set himself on fire well what was the situation rob you probably know this off the top of your head where someone did that in another country
3: i was in vietnam
1: vietnam yeah, yeah. so it was decades ago so this sort of thing isn't new and the methods aren't necessarily new I just think we went decades not really seeing it, and we're seeing it now, and I think there is something in the air that is creating that. So I don't know that I buy that Will Smith has done something that has led people to start doing this. I think it was stuff that was already kind of going on, and it's a people problem, and people not respecting boundaries and not respecting decency at this point to kind of know their place. And it's kind of strange that people do it this way now. It's one thing in the eighties or the seventies when somebody did something to get attention. But now you can get on Twitter, you can get on TikTok and or Instagram and you can draw attention to yourself in a big way, get a message out. So you don't need to harm anybody or yourself. You don't need to attack anybody.
3: Well if you want to if you want to get the clicks.
1: Yeah, if you're if you're like some random
0: person on Twitter, you saying something about gentrification is not getting the same attention as if you just tackled Dave Chappelle.
3: Yeah,
2: But I feel like people are talking about him, you know, tackling Dave Chappelle, not about they're not talking about
1: his point. Yeah, I mean that's why this guy has
0: mental illness. (laughs) Yeah,
2: Yeah, yeah,
1: there are people who have viral tweets who are not famous who have not there, even 200 followers. That's a
3: rarity though. That's I mean, not super it,
1: rare. That's not super rare. You can and and but, the thing but I is don't know, if but, you're in an organization like these people who chain themselves to goalposts at basketball games, they know having, how to use the internet. They know I mean, how to mobilize.
3: Moderately. Yeah, but I think I think it's but there is some a difference when you can
1: have mass media and all that. I
3: mean, when you know you can get like cameras, camera usually is a lot more valuable.
0: Yeah. And the other yeah. thing, too, is who goes viral and when is often random. I mean, you can get go viral as a not famous person. But how did your tweet about this topic be the one to go viral? And this other person who said the mm-hmm. same thing a week
2: ago. Right.
1: So, yeah. But, you know, that argument could also be made about people who were chaining themselves to goalposts. And because you all didn't know about that. Well, <laughs> you no, know, like you no. didn't know about all of those incidents. No, I'm not. And they I, happened weeks ago or n- months of, ago. You know,
3: none and none of those tactics are actually good, <laughs>
1: right? So it's for one, none of this stuff actually works. And if we're 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 talking about like, well, something, you know, you have to do something big to get attention. Well, a lot of people are doing something big and they're not getting attention, and they sure. still harmed somebody or still did something that was too disruptive, and too boundary crossing instead of bad precedents, maybe, but. They're all doing stuff that sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. To me, it's still kind of strange that people aren't taking a more reasonable method forward instead of doing something that is harmful to others or too inappropriate in the situation. They, to me, are people who want to cross the line and don't respect other human beings. It's more about that than about actually getting the message out. That's my... Thought on those people.
0: Well, I think the guy who tackled Chappelle has to be in a separate category, though, because of his mental,
1: his apparent
0: mental. I mean, I don't know if the article said that he for sure has any kind of mental.
1: And yeah, was this Chappelle illness. guessing that?
0: Yeah, but it's, if he does, and you probably do have something, if you decided this is how I'm going to tell people about gentrification, I'm going to yeah. tackle yeah. Dave Chappelle. You know that you're you're not working with a full deck.
1: So they're all kind of not entirely there when it comes to their ability to filter right and wrong and mm-hmm. appropriate and inappropriate. Which
0: explains why they're taking these tactics
1: despite right. the, the right. lack it's of... It's more about that than about actually the message. It's about their inability to respect other people.
0: Or tell the difference between right and wrong and inappropriate and appropriate. Right. I mean, they just can't fully process the logic of what's going on like in, in a fogged mind.
1: Yeah. Well, I think there's a lot of pressure and it's mounted for several years. This is my main concern that someone's going to get seriously injured or I, killed. I, yes. Because that guy who tackled Dave Chappelle had a replica gun, but it had a knife in it that yeah. protrudes, that, that sticks out. When's it going to be a real gun? Next, yeah. because that's the next step. Right. And and no. this isn't, again, this isn't an isolated incident. There are precedents for this. There's Rebecca Schaefer. There's John Lennon. I already mentioned President Reagan. Monica Seles. Right. Like There's so many people who somebody showed up at their door or jumped on the tennis court, like with Monica Seles, and stabbed her. That's like This isn't new stuff. And so when people speak with violent language on social media or on their podcast or whatever— Or maybe even when somebody as well-known as Will Smith chooses a violent act, I think that creates more of this pressure and this hostility in our atmosphere that's going to make this stuff happen again. Because while we maybe haven't seen a lot of these things in the last 20 years, it's not new behavior. It's happened before. And that's why I hate it when I see somebody go online and say, Jake Gyllenhaal, if you get killed and all this stuff. That happening so regularly with this stuff that we're seeing now is a real bad combination.
3: What happened with Jake Gyllenhaal?
1: A bunch of Taylor Swift fans online have been going nuts when that song, when she re-released that song about him, and they went online and they started attacking him and sending death threats. And people will brush it (laughs) off, but look, this dude... Who tackled Chappelle, people were brushing anything that guy was doing off, right? When do we take responsibility and say, we need to turn down the volume? Yeah, Because that's the thing.
0: You're right that it's not new behavior, but what's new is the frequency. Right. And people thinking it's okay to do death threats. Even if they're not, even if in their minds, they think they're not serious, you're still putting out publicly, I think so-and-so should die.
3: Right. There's a great, there's a great, uh, (laughs) now we're getting another subject, but there's a great black mirror episode called hate of the nation where people, there's a website where basically you can vote. Like if somebody who does like the latest internet, you know, you know, controversy, you could vote if that person should die and people would like, or like tweet, like, you know, this person should die and then bad things happen. (laughs) It's a really good black mirror episode honestly, there's a lot of people that will tweet, yes, this person should die. And that's crazy.
1: (laughs) Yeah. You know, we're seeing too much for me to think, well, that will happen. Whenever I say something like, "Uh, I don't know if somebody should say, if I see, and this is a direct quote, and this had thousands of likes, and it wasn't somebody with a blue check mark. They said, when I see Joss Whedon, I will curb stop him. And I said that to someone, they're like, oh, but they're just saying they're not really going to do it. How do we know? It's true. Because we're seeing some wild shit right now.
3: Wait a minute. Gal Godot doesn't have a blue check mark.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we have these conversations so poorly when people are upset about something. Yeah. It's always let's go to the extreme and let's vilify the other side and make them out to be the devil and evil that is contributing to this atmosphere of people thinking something bad should happen and I'm going to be the one to do it. Yeah. And
0: even if you're one who tries to communicate the nuance or navigate the nuance, then you end up being the one attacked by someone on the extreme on either side.
3: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you want to talk about people being angry at Jerry
1: about Jerry West? (laughs) 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 Yeah, we should switch to the next topic because It's unfortunate we can't fix anything with that last topic. No. Let's move on to a hotbed topic, but not one that's going to trend so much. It's HBO's Winning Time, and it's a hotbed topic. If you don't know, it's a show about 1979, 1980 Lakers becoming a dynasty. And Dr. Jerry Buss goes over him buying the team and the changes he made and bringing Magic Johnson in. And it has Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. It has Jerry West. It's all real-life figures going over a real-life event. A lot of people who are familiar with the real-life figures or Jerry West himself and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar himself do not like the depiction or how the show is playing out. They think that they are caricatures. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar said they were stick figures for characters that are supposed to resemble real people. There are a lot of people who cover sports, knew the team, know Jerry West, and they don't like the show. They don't like how it is being presented. All of us here have been enjoying the show. Well, all all of us have been watching the show. I won't speak for Trey. No, I enjoy it. Yeah, let's start with Trey. Trey, you said in a message, you said for fictionalized characters, it's a good show. (laughs) Share your thoughts on (laughs) this.
0: Well, so I'm a little too young to have been watching that team, to have seen live the coverage of that team. So my knowledge is more as a a sports fan who had kind of seen interviews with these guys later in, in their lives particularly with Jerry West as the front office guy. So, so my familiarity with them is pretty low, but even with my lack of knowledge of these people or some of these people, at least when I was watching the show, I was like, this can't be right. <laughs> like there's a lot of those kinds of moments and even yeah. friends of mine had those same kind of moments. And so, you know, it just, a lot of stuff took me out of it momentarily and Jerry West in particular because every interview i've seen of jerry west he's a quiet soft-spoken dude (laughs) and to see him like breaking golf clubs and cursing and all that kind of throwing the trophy yeah i mean it's like that that just isn't right it can't be so there's a lot of nuance to cover here because i think if you're talking about these representations as the actual people then i understand kareem's statement But if you look at it just purely as a TV show, I think these are three dimensional characters and they're good characters. I know Jason and I in a phone conversation, Jason talked about how he likes the TV show version of Jerry West and kind of roots for him. And I think if you divorce yourself, if you are young enough to not be knowledgeable of the real people, then it's a good show. You can just enjoy it as the show. I think the more you know these people. The, the less you like it. Like Bob Ryan before Jerry West sent a lawyer letter, Bob Ryan said, I, you know, Jerry West should sue them for defamation of character. And and literally everybody who's met Jerry West for like five minutes said they hated that representation of him. So it's just strange that they picked this angle, you know, with or without the, the dramatization you know, this is a dramatization caveat on the screen. It's still an odd thing to do, given that I think the real story had a lot of merit and drama to, to get viewers, but I still enjoy the show. Rob, what do you think?
3: Yeah. And I, you know, the more I think about, I mean, I've really enjoyed the show, but I thought about like how they could have made more of a show with less of this stuff and more of, you know, focused on kind of like all of the racism and the, and the, in the media at that time about all the talk about Larry bird. And I mean, they've done an okay job with that, but I think they could do a lot more. I mean, they could focus, you know, those kind of aspects of the story and that's real. There's enough there that you don't have to soup up, you know, you don't have to soup up Jerry West to make an interesting character. You could just show the media and how people talked about, you know, magic at that time, you know, like, I just think there's ways that there's stuff, there's enough stuff in reality that was interesting enough. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I could see them needing to get more of that.
3: But <laughs> Jason Clark looks a lot like Jerry West. And so <laughs> in that sense, it's really great casting. And I I actually i he's actually one of my favorite characters on this show. I really enjoy him. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I yeah, so it's weird. I was like, I understand it's not real, but he's still kind of like my favorite, one of my favorite
1: characters. So Just, you know, what do you think?
2: Well, I am in that happy camp of people who just don't know a lot about the real life version of any of this. And so Mm -hmm. I just get to enjoy the show, you know, with the understanding that people are, you know, complaining about the depictions and all that stuff. But like, yeah, to me, it's just like an interesting, fun show to watch, you know?
1: Yeah. When we were watching the first episode, I think it was, and they had Kareem Abdul-Jabbar say to that kid who asked him for an autograph or something... You say, like, fuck off, kid, or yep. something? Yeah, he does. That's what he says. And I said to Jacina, I don't think Kareem Abdul-Jabbar said yeah. that shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, I really don't think that happened. So that was something that did sort of take me out of it.
2: Well, I will say, there are some things in here, like, knowing it's based on real-life events, mm-hmm. loosely based on real-life events, there's some things, like, Paul's coaching. Like, he's so incompetent. I'm like, this isn't... Even real, you know, like my suspension of disbelief can only go so far. Yeah, you know, yeah. like please. Oh. That's
0: something else I said to Jason on the phone, except I can't use the language that I used when I was describing to Jason how how they did Westhead. Cause it's like that dude cannot be an assistant coach, let alone become a head coach and be saying
2: exactly. They're not showing, they're not depicting, at least in the show, they're not depicting him being successful. I haven't seen him do or say anything inspiring or crafty or anything
1: They're, like the i think the recent episodes when they started winning he was more competent did it he was say before that. or
2: show did they show him being competent or did they just start winning
1: they did it off screen
2: okay yeah i thought there
1: yeah. was one time in the locker room where he shared something
0: they asked him for a shakespeare quote and his ba- is is that was their kind of shortcut because they had to skip over a lot to demonstrate that he's been doing that with the team Yeah. All season.
2: So they didn't
0: actually show him doing that much of that. It Mm -hmm. was just that one scene. And, and, you know, I get it. It's a clever way to do it given that you don't have, but so much time to say it. So you kind of do it in a way to show that he's been doing it, but we still, as an audience, didn't see him be that way that much.
2: No. Yeah. We saw him just like, um, um, (laughs) you know, that's what we thought.
3: (laughs) Could she please do that again? <laughs> 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 I
1: need a new ringtone. <laughs> oh, my God. I, so I have, I'm sort of in the same camp where I, I didn't know anything about Jerry West other than the name and the picture, <laughs> the logo.
3: The logo. And the logo. Was, yeah.
1: And just, you know, and just that he was a big deal. Mm -hmm. but I didn't know any specifics about him to like be taken out by his depiction in the show. And I too have really liked Jason Clark's acting in it. And I, but I also understand if it's inaccurate, then it's inaccurate and that's a problem, but I've enjoyed his performance and I'm sure they're also exaggerating a lot of the sex stuff that's going on and Magic did say, I mean, that's where there's
0: some kernel of truth to him, at least, even if maybe more than a kernel, is that Magic had said for a long time, particularly when he was going out talking about HIV and AIDS, that he had that kind of lifestyle. And that's what led to his getting the disease. But they definitely demonstrated it on the show in a more,
3: no, I mean, subtle. it's it's an
0: Adam McKay show. So it's going to have Adam McKay style humor. Yeah. And, and Jason, you said to me on the phone that most of these changes or a lot of these changes, at least, were to go for the humor. So I get that. But I think that's part of part of the problem is that you're depicting these people's real lives. And then going for the joke in, in right. some weird moments. And I think the one. Oddly, it was a situation that happened pretty much exactly the way they depicted on the show. But because of the stuff that had been taking me out, I didn't I didn't believe it was when the coach had the bike accident yeah and and so I I didn't believe it so I looked it up and realized or learned that that's pretty much exactly how it happened in real life which then made me say dude you've got good vibrations playing while this guy had a real serious accident yeah he, he lived until he died in 2018 and from what I read his death in 2018 was still from complications from that accident.
1: Wow. And so
0: you're like playing this up as this kind of like, ha ha ha. Even though. I I don't think
1: that use of good vibrations is doing that. I I I think other times that show is, is, but I'll let you finish your point.
0: Yeah. To me, it just felt kind of, there was an incongruity between the song and the seriousness of the accident and kind of a, Mm -hmm. to me, it felt a little jokey as opposed to, hmm. as opposed, maybe, maybe what they were going again, for is I that this is, the, this is the way, maybe what they meant is this guy is feeling good vibrations. That's what I and think. And then it's it the is. irony of of that's when he gets the accident. Right. It just didn't land for me because of the juxtaposition. And, and also maybe because of all the other stuff that was taking me out of it. Where I really started questioning the show is Pat Riley particularly when he was cutting the vines off of the house and he ended up cutting like the whole oh, yeah. all the walls down. Like, even if they had, I, I kind of think they probably should have done more like a Hoosiers sort of thing where Hoosiers took a real life event, but made their fictional story around it fictional made up characters made up the school, but had certain elements from the real life. Maybe they could have done that for winning time and then they could do whatever the hell they want. But even if it were yeah. a fictional show, I think Pat Riley standing on the roof, screaming with a, with a chainsaw and cutting his leg and then cutting down the house and his wife just coming home and saying, oh,
2: <laughs>
0: like that's kind of like, come on, man. Nobody, yeah,
2: nobody acts
0: like this. Like she's just cool with him
1: cutting down the house. Yeah, well, that's one of the things that is weird about the show for me is that, and I mean, it's funny when it's funny, I guess, but usually... Something that's based on a true story, when they take creative license, it's to make it more dramatic. Whereas with this show, they're making it more comedic. And so that's new and strange. And I think inherently reduces the seriousness of some of these things. And for the people who lived it, it's not something that is silly or or something that can be reduced to something Haha, <laughs> funny, but it's interesting. I do have a quote here, a couple of quotes here. John C. Riley was asked by Vulture about the controversy over it. He said, the overall plot is based on historical fact, but we do fill in a lot of blanks. I knew it would be difficult for the people involved in the story to see their lives depicted in a semi-fictional way, but that doesn't mean the story shouldn't be told. He went on to say, the truth is, these were crazy times. There was anger and betrayal, and the shit was hitting the fan. I respect everyone's right to their own story, but I don't think that precludes others from telling public stories, and this is a public story. And also, Adam McKay said he had good intentions. It is everyone's right to not like it. And HBO has released a statement saying, winning time is not a documentary, And has not been presented as such. Not all of that is a great explanation of anything because the figures are going to say, yeah, but your details are wrong. So it's not a matter of, hey, this isn't a documentary. Like, your details are wrong. You're saying that I said something that I would not have done. And that's really frustrating. And I can understand why those figures don't like it. I understand why people who know the real figures or know enough about the real figures would say, well, this reads so false that it makes me not really get into it too much. That ultimately
0: might be why the bicycle accident landed for me wrong, because because of what you said a minute ago, Jason, that when they went for the creative license, it was for the joke. And so so many things went jokey. Mm. that when you have this kind of song in that moment in what in an anchorman movie could have been just pure slapstick. It it's just, true. not that I thought that this was slapstick, but, but I, I didn't think it went that far, but it it just didn't feel like the irony that they probably were going for. It felt more just like a light ha or something to me.
3: It's interesting guys. Cause I, I had After I think the first episode, I'd kind of knew I remembered that magic one is rookie year, but Mm -hmm. I like read about the season. And so I read and this is before Jack was even hired on the show. I read Jack was the coach, but then, you know, Paul took over. And so and I so I read about his bike accident. So I knew he was going to have the bike accident and I was waiting for it. And then obviously, you know, like, cause I was like, "When's this happen?" I know that I know he's gonna have this accident. So I was just like, I was waiting for the. I knew he was gonna get this accident. I knew it was gonna be bad. So I'm like the whole time like watching him so much. I didn't even notice that it was good vibrations. I just like I, I knew he was about to get. And I thought he was gonna get hit by a car, and so then he didn't get hit by the car, and then he had the other thing, and so. I was like, oh, man, and you,
0: you just hit on. I think the other thing that made me take it the way that I did is that they did a yeah. the fake out with the car. Yeah. Accident. Mm-hmm. Like, why do yes. a, why do it as a fake out like that was not necessary. Yeah. If you're doing it in a dramatic way.
3: And I'm telling see, the truth of what happened. And, and you've got to get I don't complaint. think
0: you're going for comedy in that moment. You're probably right, but I'm saying that's why it didn't land for
3: me. It's like, but but the reason you feel that way is because of Adam McKay, and so you assume the creator's intention is it's a little more comedic use of hey, it's good vibrations, and then he gets into this horrible accident, Mm -hmm. and you know it's like so I could see as a viewer knowing the pedigree of who you're looking at and the wink wink the show has been that Mm -hmm. it could it feels like a wink wink because they're quite a wink wink about certain things. So I mean,
1: yeah. mm -hmm. I you think know. they're going for yeah. irony and an irony is so close to satire. Sure. Yeah. So uh, that's why I think I can understand why you're taking it as comedic. I just don't, I really don't think that's what they're going for. I don't think they're trying to get a laugh with that.
0: Yeah. I, I agree well, the with accident, you the... I haven't talked to it, talked about it, but it still just wasn't.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Again, I uh, maybe if they hadn't had the fake out, maybe that's enough. Yeah.
3: That, I mean, that's fair. That's the, fi- the, I, I, the I the fake out bothered me. I was like, just show the accident. Well, the fake the out, accident you too, Justina.
2: Yeah, I didn't like it. I was like, oh, oh man, I thought he was going to get hurt.
1: Yeah. And, and then wham. <laughs> and I knew about the accident, too, because I was sort of like, how have I never heard of this guy? And then I looked it up like when that episode was on was when I was looking at the Wikipedia. I was like, oh, he had a bike accident.
3: But he did go on um, to win coach of the year the next year. Because he coaches another team,
1: Indiana. Yeah, and Mm -hmm. he wins coach of
3: the year the next year. Yeah,
1: yeah, he does. Interesting,
3: but yeah, he's not a coach I really think about that much from the eye we think about Pat Riley. (laughs) Yeah, that's
0: the thing. I didn't. uh, I didn't look anything up until after the bicycle accident because of the bicycle accident. Yeah, (laughs) I, I knew Paul Westhead was the guy before Riley. I knew he won this and that. The team basically ran him out a couple years later, and that's when Riley took over, and it it just became the showtime as we know it. Yeah. So I so when they when the, in the show they hired Jack McKinney, I was like, who
3: the hell is this? Yeah. <laughs> I know, especially well, when they brought him in and it was Tracy Lett's, I was like, oh well, Tracy Let's pretty big actor. So like they're not he's not playing this part for like two minutes. <laughs> like you know right. so
1: yeah. Well the final episode of the season I believe yeah. is yes yeah, tonight. As we speak. So uh we will see how that plays out. Do you think they um, win? <laughs> <laughs> I'm very interested in seeing the winning
2: uh, time. The story of the losing Lakers. The story of the losing Lakers. <laughs> and the
1: broke Bus Family. <laughs> they, they did
0: get a lot of details right, even with all the creative licenses. And one thing that they seem to have gotten exactly right was the kind of trash talk bird talks on the court.
1: Yep. Yeah.
2: That's funny. Also, that actor looks like him. It's so crazy. And I think that's like, he's a really unique looking guy. So how'd they find him?
3: He's, and then he's got like that bird F you attitude. <laughs> mm-hmm. He really has got it.
0: But replicating that shooting form, I think is the most, cause that's a very unique to Larry bird way yeah. of shooting the way he holds the ball and everything.
3: Just, yeah. Yeah. It's
1: really funny. But
3: the basketball has been very good. So like yeah, that, yes. that game, like, especially that game was really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I've really enjoyed that aspect of it as well, too.
1: Yeah, and I've liked the actor playing Magic. Yeah. Uh-huh.
0: Oh, he's great. And the guy uh, playing Kareem Kareem is pretty yeah. dead
3: on. Yeah. That guy, and I would love to see that guy in something else. I, I, I wonder how tall he really is, if he really is. I don't think he's
0: six, tall. nine, I think. And yet, so he had to wear some platform shoes or something in some scenes to look more like Kareem.
3: Okay. But he's really good. He played college in Cal. He did? Okay. Yeah.
0: And he's a Stanford yeah. professor. He actually wasn't getting hired in acting. And so he became a professor at Stanford and then found out about the casting for this. The dude's gonna start getting cast.
3: God, he I hope he gets cast because he is really good. He when he, he did is. that, there's a scene where he meets Magic Johnson's dad and he says, I that's don't like him because he's like the happiest brother I've ever met. And it's such a good scene. Yeah. So, how can he be scene. so happy? And yeah, I just I I think, yeah. Rob Morgan's amazing too. <laughs> the, his, mm-hmm. the guy who plays uh, Magic's dad. <laughs> well, that
0: scene uh, after they won their first game and Magic jumped up and hugged Kareem, our dad, Jason, has been telling that story for 20, 30 years. So I knew about that moment where because they won their first game, Magic hugs him and Kareem says, Young and we got 81 more of these.
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't
0: be doing that every night. Yeah, so it was nice. Yeah. I mean, again, it makes it weird that they do the particular dramatic licenses that they do, given yeah. these moments that they get exactly right. Yeah. yeah, the
1: attention to detail. Someone was saying that even what was on the screens in the stadium for mm-hmm. one of the games was accurate. So I think that was J.A.
0: Adande in that video I sent you. On.
1: Okay, yeah. Like they've been, their attention to detail is so spot on. One thing I hate is when a show has a lot of attention to detail. And then somebody said something they didn't say back then. Like they had magic say to that preacher when he was giving them money, said, say less, and then put some money in. And I was like, nobody said that then. That is a very 2022 zillennial vernacular thing to say. That is not something they said in 1979, but whatever. I'll tell you
0: another, (laughs) there were a couple of those that came up when magic was on the phone with cookie and didn't like what she said to him. And he said, you're just some girl I hit for a minute. Yeah. Yeah. Are they saying it like that
1: no. in the late
0: 70s? Because I don't think
1: yeah. so. Yeah. Well, this kind of segues into our final topic of the episode. Since we we're talking about something that is universally maybe kind of felt one way and how and our feelings on it that might be different than how some people feel about it. <laughs> the topic is what is universally disliked, but you like it. And we're going TV and film for this. And I'll actually go first, just in case someone needs some extra time to come up with an answer. Because I actually had a tough time coming up with an answer. At first, I was like, well, I know Rob will say I should say Real Genius. But there are too many people who love Real Genius. Yeah, that's not disliked. Yeah. It's not universally disliked. No, it's not. It's more cult classic. And like The Room is another one that's beloved because it's bad. So that, mm-hmm. that doesn't fit. A good answer would be something like Catwoman or Josh Trank's Fantastic Four or Mac and Me, but I hate yeah. all of those. Movies. Well, I haven't <laughs> seen the Fantastic Four movie, but I probably wouldn't like it. I don't like those movies, nevertheless. So it took me a while to come up with these answers. They might be a little controversial, but my answers are, and we've talked about two <laughs> recently on this podcast for movies Semi-Pro and Teen Wolf yeah and Tango and Cash I was looking oh, at the yeah. way those movies are reviewed I went to Rotten Tomatoes and Metacritic and IMDb and looked at the scores and they're all pretty low even the user scores but yet I love those movies those are my answers for movies and for TV shows Go on was a show with Matthew Perry that was canceled after a season It was a good show. I liked it. I don't remember everyone disliking it, but it got canceled after a season. So that feels like a correct answer. And my other answer is undeclared.
3: Mm.
2: Was that the sequel to Freaks and Geeks? It
0: was a spiritual sequel in a way. That's what what some people called it. But
1: otherwise it wasn't related. Yeah, it was like Apatow's Next Project.
2: Oh, okay, Mm -hmm. okay.
1: That show just didn't get the traction that Freaks and Geeks got. Yeah. Like Freaks and Geeks got canceled, but it has a cult following. Undeclared didn't last does not have a cult following. Yeah. But I really liked it when I got around to watching it. So those are probably my two answers. I also put, in my mind, I was also thinking Animal Hospital. I didn't like Animal Hospital. <laughs> I didn't regularly watch it. But when I saw it, I was like, this show isn't so bad. It's actually kind of funny and quirky. Yeah. But yeah. everyone was making fun of that show. So that's those are my answers. Uh, Rob, what about you? So I've
3: got a couple, um, I've been thinking about this for a long time. I think what can happen to me is if I watch, like, yeah, I'm a big situational person with when, I, when and how I watch something. And I, I can usually remember, I mean, you guys here on here, I pretty much remember if I saw a movie with Jason. <laughs> so like, like there's, if I'm like in certain spaces, I can probably like something more than most people do. And I, rem- I was flying on an airplane and I downloaded this movie and, I knew it was a huge bomb and like critics weren't really crazy about it either. And now, but it was like $2 on iTunes at the time to rent. So I was like, that's be a good one for a flight. And I fell in love with it. And it was John Carter of Mars, which was a wow huge, huge box office bomb. Yeah. In America. Yeah. In America. But I mean, obviously they, they could have had a whole series and they like, you know, they don't talk about it. I don't think they ever advertise it on plus. I absolutely love the movie. I actually, I watched it on the plane, got to my destination because I was traveling for work and I watched it again that night. And the whole time I'm like, I was like, I cannot believe people hated this movie. I was just blown away with how good it was like Brian Cranston's in it. William Dafoe plays one of the alien creatures. And I mean, it's, and then I really like Taylor Kitsch. So I, I, I really like the movie and I, I, I don't I just I thought the special effects look good. I thought there's some cool stuff in it. I don't know why it didn't click with people.
0: That's interesting. Yeah. So I didn't see it, but if I remember correctly, I think people were kind of saying it came out maybe at the wrong time and Disney didn't.
3: I don't think necessarily they promote
0: it properly or something like that.
3: Yeah. I think they just didn't know what to do with it. I think, and I, it, but I go back and watch it. Cause you'll be surprised. Cause I mean, it's just like, it's got some really good, there's a really good sequence where he's like fighting all these aliens and having like this cathartic moment. And I, I really liked it. I,
0: it did well overseas. And the book was popular.
3: Yeah. Well, yeah. 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 And I was 30,000 feet in the air. And so I do believe that does something to your emotions. <laughs> there was an
0: NPR story about that. Someone talked about that. Yeah. And how there's, like, apparently a group of people who cry, like, watching no matter what it is. Yeah. Just because they're on a plane and they were trying to figure out what that science behind that is.
3: I could see that because I, I I can find myself liking movies when I've watched on an airplane more than when I landed. I'm like, what the hell was that?
1: Like, <laughs> I was going to say the one movie I've watched on a plane was something that didn't do well and people generally said it wasn't good. It's not famously bad, but it didn't do well. But I liked it, it was Like a Boss.
3: Oh, really? Interesting. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That movie with Rose Byrne mm-hmm. and Tiffany Haddish. And I was like, yeah, it's got these flaws. And the flow doesn't necessarily work in all these parts Billy Porter has a killer scene yeah and I was kind of glad I saw it <laughs> I was like happy with it
3: I see yeah, that's the, that's what I like I, you know it's like it's not like the room type of or, or leprechaun too so another one this was this was I woke up at like two o'clock in the morning and it was on HBO and I was I was already kind of like doubting the the pedigree of it because it was directed by Ken koalas who did license to wed and he did a lot a lot of office episodes but i just don't think the guys got it when it comes to film except this movie i loved but it wasn't because i just liked the movie which was um the big year do you remember that one no it's got steve steve martin jack black and owen wilson
1: well i do and they're like bird Bird
3: watching yeah they're bird watchers and and steve martin and jack black basically kind of make a deal because jack black is kind of broke but love he wants a big year is when you see every single species of bird so you like watch enough in a year you see every single bird. And so they're trying to see every single bird. And, and like Steve Martin's an older kind of retired guy that's pretty rich. And he's so he kind of he helps fly Jack Black to all these places. And, and they're trying to beat Owen Wilson, who's got who's had a perfect year and he's trying to do it again. And mm. so but it's about the relationships and stuff. I was like crying at the end of the movie. There's a really great scene with Jack Black. And then his dad is played by the late great Brian Dennehy. And it's, yeah, I really like, I don't know, it could have been because it was two o'clock in the morning, I was alone. And so I watched it and I was like, this is a pretty good movie.
1: (laughs) I love moments like that where you watch something that people kind of laugh about it or didn't hang busters and you like it. That's I had an experience like that with Definitely Maybe, the Ryan Reynolds movie. Mm -hmm. I like that movie. I liked it. That movie is well regarded. I originally had it on the list, and then I saw it's Rotten Tomatoes score, and it's like certified fresh, and I was like, well, that oh, doesn't sh- count. Oh,
3: I thought nobody liked that movie. That's what I thought. So when I saw the movie, yeah. I was like, this movie's fun. Yeah, I thought it was really fun. Another fun movie that I just think, I think the guy like had, I think people maybe thought he had diminishing returns, but it, it's a movie by Jared Hess, who directed um, Napoleon Dynamite and Nacho Libre. It's his other movie called Gentleman Broncos. Have you ever seen it?
1: Oh. No. oh man, I have never oh. even heard of it. I don't
3: think. Oh my god, so it's got Jermaine from Flight of the Concords. Yeah, he's and but this kid, I can't even, Kid's Michael something. He's been in a bunch of stuff. He's he was just on that show, Minx. You probably recognize him. He's he's like this Mormon kid in Idaho, or like I don't know, they never say he's Mormon. You know, Jared Hess is from that area, he's from like Idaho, Utah. Yeah, but so it's kind of like that weird part of the country. And you can't tell if it's the 70s or 80s or 90, you know, you can't tell what decade it is. But uh, this kid is like, he's he's like a homeschool kid and he writes like science fiction, short stories and and novels. And he goes to like a writing symposium and Jermaine is this famous sci-fi writer and he gets his manuscript, but Jermaine hasn't sold a book or none of his books he sent to his editors have been good. So he steals this kid's story. And it's about this, the future yeast wars. (laughs) And, like, in when you're reading the story, Sam Rockwell plays the main character. Like, Sam Rockwell is amazing in it. It's so good. For shows, I just want to say the Dana Carvey show. I just that show is, I think it made people look back on it, but my God, I've, I've never been more heartbroken when a show was canceled. Yeah. And there was a couple of TBS shows I really liked. One was called Wrecked. It never really popped, but I thought it was a really funny show. It was basically kind of like a comedic Lost. And I really liked it. And there's another one on there called My Boys, which was a kind of a had Jordan or Jordan Spiro. She's on mm-hmm. Ozark. But yeah, it's like about her and her, her, her boys, her friends. I, but had yeah, Jim Gaffigan. I thought it was just a good kind of like not as dirty sex in the city type of show. Like it was a female perspective, but a little more male world. But I, I don't know. I thought it was a pretty funny show. And Gaffigan's always great. So I struggled
0: with this, too, because anything that I watch now that people say suck, I agree. I'm only watching because I'm a completionist. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so it's like, well, so what is that thing? And but listening to some of your list, it kind of is like, OK, digging back a little bit. I agree with Jason on Go On.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: I thought that show was great. It was heartwarming in all the right ways and had the humor, kind of that nice mix of Humor and and heartwarming, sort of in a way that Scrubs did. Yeah. Though though it was, you know, a different thing altogether. I also really liked The Grinder, where um, Mm -hmm. Rob Lowe was the TV lawyer who then went to work with his father and brother at the real law firm and grandfathered. Now, part of why I wouldn't grandfathered was where John Stamos suddenly discovers not only is he a father, but he's also about to be a grandfather. Hence Mm -hmm. the name of the show these two shows wouldn't have come to mind were it not for how you two have qualified some of your choices because people who watched the grinder and grandfathered loved it. Mm -hmm. It's just not enough people watched it, but critics loved it and and fans loved it. So it's not, it doesn't technically fit the category universally disliked, but if you're throwing some of your examples in there, then I guess I'll throw this one in because you know, it got canceled after a 13-episode order, but it was both of them were great casts. Kind of along that same vein that just popped into my head was The Trophy Wife. It was a horrible name for the show because it kind of diminished what it was really about. But that was another great cast, Bradley Whitford marrying the young, hot woman, but she wasn't just a trophy wife, which is why I'm saying it's a horrible name. But then the ex-wife, who was still kind of part of the extended family with the kids, why am I blanking on her name, great actress, Marsha Gay Harden. She was the ex-wife.
3: Who was the new wife?
0: Malin Ackerman. She was also the executive producer. Yeah.
3: Yeah, Okay. Yeah, I like that show.
0: Yeah. And the kids were great. I mean, it was just Natalie Morales. Not the news anchor one, but the other one. She was on there. But, you know, those were all good shows. You know, Semi-Pro, Teen Wolf, Tango, and Cash. Those sorts of things, again, wouldn't have popped into my head because I know you looked at ratings, but as far as... When I hear people talking about these movies, I don't hear anyone talk
1: about hating them. So it surprises me to see that the users were so low.
3: But I, I was in with like John Carter's, like, but nobody liked it. Nobody saw it. Nobody talks about it. You know, it's kind of like yeah. right. when, it, when, it's yeah. that easy. When it's like, I used to be like when you would rent movies on on iTunes. It, when when it went from like a ten ninety nine to like a two ninety nine rent or a $1.99 rental, you're like, ooh, that's not doing
1: well. Yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't say Green Lantern.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, that's a good one. Uh, A good joke, I mean, not a good movie. (laughs) There is so much about that movie where it's like they got certain pieces right and then other pieces not at all It's- Brian Airy on Screen Crush just did a, a video where he compared Green Lantern to the first Doctor Strange and said they were basically the same movie, except Doctor Strange got it right. <laughs> uh. <laughs> so that's worth checking
3: out. And that's such a weird thing because I would have thought that movie would have been awesome because Martin Campbell directed it. Yeah. He also directed, I know you guys know this, but like he directed Casino Royale and Goldeneye as well as The Mask of Zorro, which is awesome. <laughs> but he directed, I mean, he's made some competent, really good action movies.
1: Yeah, I don't know why it's
3: not good. <laughs> it's not good. Yeah, it's just the flow, is, the flow is
0: strange, particularly when they did the flashbacks. Like the way they showed his dad dying from the explosion. It was just weird. Yeah. So much of it was weird. I think Ryan Reynolds did good work, but I don't think his good work could save the movie. Uh-uh.
1: Yeah, sometimes a movie just doesn't do well, even if when they filmed it, it was maybe good or the script was actually good. It just didn't get edited well, basically. So maybe that's just what happened with Green Lantern. Justina, what did you pick as your movie or show that was universally disliked, but you liked it?
2: Yeah, I'm pretty quirky, so I would say... There's this show called The Wire that nobody liked that I was really... (laughs) (laughs) But actually, I have a very anticlimactic answer. Like, examining myself based on this question, knowing this question ahead of the podcast, I was like, you know what? I only watch stuff that is universally liked. Like, that is literally (laughs) how I pick out a new show or or movie is like, does it have like nine or more on IMDb? So I don't have an answer. I really don't, the, like, like one show I liked in the early 2000s was called Maybe It's Me, and it was so funny, It had one season, it was canceled, oh my god, it was so funny. I don't know it. Oh, yeah, I mean, it was one season, and canceled, it was like October to March, you know, 2001 to 2002, it was
1: on WB. That sounds like the answer, that sounds like a very...
2: But it has good ratings, based on your oh. IMDb thing, it's like, well, it has really good ratings, but... All in all, maybe I should just watch stuff if it interests me. Like we were talking about cleaner before we Mm -hmm. started recording. And I was like, that sounds really interesting to me. I want to watch it. But then I saw the IMDb and I was like, I can't, you know, but maybe I would really like it. (laughs) Maybe. And I just don't know because I don't watch stuff if it doesn't have a good rating. So
1: One of the fond experiences of growing up is on a lazy Saturday or whatever, and you're flipping around and TNT has a movie on or... HBO has a movie on, and you're just like, whatever. And you watch it, and no one's going to say the movie's good, but you enjoyed watching it. Right. <laughs> Welcome to The Rock. <laughs> and I don't even remember, like, mean like big movies like that. I mean stuff like, gosh, what was this goofy ass movie with uh, The Godfather? Silver- no, no, no. <laughs> no, no seriously, a, a, like, it's this movie with Jonathan Silverman. And I want to say Sarah Jessica Parker, but that's wrong, I believe. And it was just like one year in junior high, it was on HBO all the time. And I watched it and was like, I liked it. <laughs> A friend of mine at school liked it. I have no idea what movie it is, but it's just some like dumbass movie. I wonder, I feel like tennis had something to do with it, but. It's kind of fun just having moments like that, girl. Yeah. But what's something that's universally liked that you dislike, Justine? Is there anything? Oh,
2: else? yeah. I mean, lots of stuff that's universally liked that I don't like.
1: Mm.
2: Yeah, I I don't want to say because, like, I don't want to get hate. Hey.
3: <laughs> Do it. Hate, I'm hate, go- hate. I, I'm, I've no, got some. Like, I got she's going to say
1: root.
2: <laughs> <That's>
3: her
1: answer is <laughs> root. No. No, I know. Sorry. Yeah.
3: Why does he have to go by Kunta Kente?
1: And- <laughs> His name is Toby.
0: <laughs> While Justina works up the courage to oh, say your list, Jason Jonathan Silverman did star in a movie with Sarah Jessica Parker called Girls Just Want to Have Fun.
1: He was in Girls was from Just 19- from 1985. I don't think that's the one I'm thinking of. But he wasn't the main guy that
3: she ends up with.
1: Yeah, he was the main guy in the movie. Maybe it's gonna be in the enhanced version of the episode <laughs> you just pop it up right now yeah I, i'm trying to think of something that you, you know something that's universally liked that i was sort of like it's fine is matrix including the first one mm. everyone hates the third and one because when they came out not in the theater i didn't see the first one in the theater
2: but you didn't see them 20 years after when it was like oh they." Saw no no i saw like it that.
1: like when as soon as it got on dvd or whatever is when i watched it and i was like all right <laughs> It's not bad, but also I don't care. And it feels like it has a lot of plot holes, but yet everyone else loved that movie. And I was like, whatever. I don't, I didn't even care. And I saw the second one was like, all right. And I saw the third one was like, hey, that sucks. <laughs> this franchise sucks. <laughs> you guys love shit. That was my response to the major.
0: You did, you delivered that like Norm McDonald doing his David Letterman. <laughs>
1: Uh, you got any gum? <laughs> <laughs> Does anyone have some that's uh that's universally liked that they just? Oh, I'm ready. Oh, I'm Rob, ready. Rob first.
3: I've fallen asleep in two movies. One of them was when I was in high school. I went and saw Elizabeth, Uh and then they had the sequel, uh, Elizabeth. I don't know. Cl- Clive Owen was in it. Was in it. But I fell asleep in that movie because it was a British drama, and I was in high school and a dick, and so <laughs> I fell asleep in that one and in The Hobbit because I don't like
1: Lord of the Rings. I don't think Um, anyone liked The Hobbit. Hobbit I don't
3: like Lord of the Rings either.
1: Oh, (laughs)
3: interesting. I didn't like any of them. And then I went to go see The Hobbit, and I hated it so much, I fell asleep. (laughs) Like, I do not like The Lord of the Rings. I don't like The Hobbit. The only Hobbit I like was like the animated one. That one's scary.
0: I hated that one. Some people say that one's better than
3: the live action. by A lot. The Hobbits, did, Hobbit's not as scary as the, the Lord of the Rings animator was. Um,
1: I am just not into that spiders? type of stuff. I'm not. I liked the Lord of the Rings movies, but ultimately that genre is not for me. You're not
0: into Bilbo Baggins.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> that is a very deep cut <laughs> reference to trade life. <laughs> someone from his middle school gets that and that's it yeah yeah
3: but yeah like i i like lord of the rings like it's like just knowing that like amazon spent a billion dollars i'm like they are no, they have wasted their money i'm just like why no i mean i know people will, the problem is tons of people will watch it but i just do not enjoy lord of the rings <laughs>
0: Well, I didn't enjoy reading The Hobbit, which is where my deep cut from a second ago came from, because to me, it felt like they spent three pages just to describe Bilbo Baggins picking up a fork. Mm -hmm. Like it was that kind of pacing. So I just didn't like it. But, you know, as a project, when we were reading it, we had to, like, introduce something. I forget the exact project, but I did it as a video where i uh interviewed bilbo baggins as arsenio hall so (laughs) so that's why that's why i said bilbo baggins the way that i did i think i was the only one in my class who laughed at it but
3: (laughs) if i had been in your class i would have i would have i would have jumped up and done the running man so
0: actually i'll take that back i think my classmates liked it because arsenio was big at the time but my teacher was just criticizing why didn't you have the guy who played bilbo actually dressed as bilbo it's like we're in ninth grade with no money <laughs> <laughs> not going have go an to budget
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> what's your answer to the question though
0: so this is actually what i had as my notes before because i was i struggled so much until listening to y'all you give your you like it but it's dislike sort of thing So the best I could come up with was what's something that's liked, but you think is not so great. And for me, it's really more along the lines of overrated. (laughs) As opposed to me thinking it actually is bad. But uh, This Is Us, I think, is definitely an overrated show. Uh,
2: (laughs) Agree. (laughs) Oh, my gosh.
0: I'm actually watching it to the end. and, And it's because I like the actors. And they do have a lot of great performances that that's what's allowing me to keep watching it. But our mom tapped out after you two did Jason and Justina tapped out in season one, our mom tapped out in either season two or three and I almost tapped out then, but some of the stuff, they just kind of got a little bit better. But the problem is the whole show, because of the fact that they try to preserve all these surprises and they tell it in a nonlinear fashion The entire series ends up being like that How I Met Your Mother episode where everyone was revealed to be a big time smoker.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. There was an episode where the dad tells the kids, here's something that I've left out. We were actually all real bad smokers. And this wasn't first season, second season, where maybe I could understand doing this. Basically, they retconned that every story we had seen, they were actually all smoking, like chain smoking or something throughout and it felt cheap and untrue yeah they didn't take it back
2: they just like owned it
1: that that was apparently just what you're supposed to think now but from
0: from what jason's described because i wasn't a regular viewer of the show i just watched a few episodes here and there when jason was watching in spartanburg when we were both visiting so i wasn't too knowledgeable from what but from what you described jason sounds like Even after that, they never showed them smoking again. Nope. It's just like this one bottle episode where it's like, we were big time smokers and we kept smoking until this moment, this moment, this moment. And they didn't show them smoking again. It's like the entire series, This Is Us, is that because they keep (laughs) (laughs) revealing these secrets. Like in season one, they talked about how Kevin and Randall never got along and they show Kevin kind of maybe being a little racist towards Randall. And they show that in flashbacks and present day. But the moment that they reconcile as adults in the present day, then in future episodes, they don't show that again. Even in flashbacks, it's like they were normal brothers who got along.
3: Yeah. It's like, wait a
0: minute. But they were supposed to hate each other their whole life. Jack was an alcoholic, which they kind of hinted at in the early episode because he was going to the bar too much. And then the next episode, they show him saying, you know, I don't drink anymore. Fine. So that actually was a good early hint that he's an alcoholic, maybe. But then after that, no matter what time period they showed Jack in, he didn't struggle with alcohol again until they wanted to ramp up, kind of doing the fake out for how he's going to die. They had this one episode where all of a sudden Kevin never had a good relationship with his mother, despite every episode we've seen before that. Like she had Mm -hmm. a tough time getting along with him. And then every episode after that also proves that episode false. (laughs) <laughs> and that's the tip of the iceberg like there's a long list of things that i could be listing
3: yeah
1: yeah i do like actors on that show so i'm glad that they had such a big hit in their career but i just didn't really want to watch the show a bunch yeah was sort of like i want to see sterling k brown but i don't want to see the show
0: <laughs> i've actually found a couple of quotes from critics that also lay out what i'm saying alice and herman from the ringer said, "This is us" continues to reach for emotional highs without laying a proper foundation. And then an insider writer, Taylor Tobin, said that the show is overrated and relies on m- emotional manipulation, but isn't interested in doing the heavy
1: lifting required.
0: Mm. I think both of those quotes nail it. Bad. Yeah.
1: Well, interesting to hear what people love and hate on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
3: Please share your hates, both of our hates and of things that you hate that you think everyone likes or vice versa.
1: Please, audience, <laughs> share with us your hate. Yes, yes. And your love, but other people hate. We want to be the yin and the yang. This has been fun The chat about. Let's wrap it up here. There it is. Ba-da-bom-sh. There it is. <laughs> there it is. Com. <laughs> <From> whispering.com. <laughs> <laughs> Fun times! We hope you enjoyed that, and we want to know what you think. Tell us, what is something that is universally disliked, but you actually like or love, or what's something that is universally loved that you thoroughly loathe? Let us know on social media. You can also follow us Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at There It Is Pod. And subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash thereitis. And follow me on Twitter at Jason Jokes, and Instagram at Jason Also subscribe to our Comedy Lifestyle newsletter and support us if you can. We have a Patreon and a PayPal. Go to thereitispod.com for newsletter and support info, links, and bio